When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Zone. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Oh, we got another beauty on the way today as far as Wisconsin weather is concerned. How you doing? I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. So glad you're along with us. And I am so glad to report that we've got more sunshine in the forecast today. 40, our expected high. A few clouds tomorrow, but 40 degrees. Saturday, believe it or not, partly cloudy skies. 46, the expected high. Now, granted, temperatures take a bit of a turn on Sunday, but still, uh, definitely above average. We'll get more details on that when Stu Muck joins us with our Ag Weather Update in just a little bit. Also this morning, joining us will be Matt Trannell from the Everag Group down in Platteville. He's going to keep us up to speed on why these markets remain so robust. For example, in overnight trade this morning, soybeans are up another 16 to 20 cents a bushel. So a lot of interest in what our crops are right now and what they're going to look like down the road. We'll be visiting with Matt Trannell live this morning. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. We found out earlier this year that Wisconsin is number two in the entire U.S. when it comes to organic farms. Just over 1,200 right here in America's Dairyland, only second to the state of California. It's Josh Gramlin at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And that is put on full display, not just for Wisconsin, but surrounding states and really the organic farming industry in general, Caitlin, at a conference that you have had the chance to catch up with the organizers about. That's right. And I'm reminiscing a little bit, Josh, here in the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse. I'm Caitlin Riley. And last year on this time, I was just walking down the street to go to the La Crosse Center for the Moses Organic Farming Conference. With COVID-19, they've readjusted. They've now partnered up with other organizations for the Growing Stronger Collaborative Conference. It's taking place online right now, but you can still sign up throughout this week. You'll have the content available to you for about 90 days. But I talked to Thomas Manley. He's the partnership director. And he says as well that they're disappointed to not be together in the cross this year, but they're doing a lot of really cool things to keep this community engaged. We did have to get creative, like a lot of organizations and a lot of events. Uh, We had to consider what our options were and how we could still deliver content and try at least to, to the degree possible, recreate that social part of our event, the fact that it is a, it is a coming together. I mean, that's something that we recognize this about ourselves as an organization, that we, we function largely as connective tissue in the community, and our conference is a, a huge part of that. We've done everything we can to try and use the virtual tools and the platform that's available to us to you know, create those opportunities for attendees, many of whom have known each other for, for decades in some cases, to still communicate with one another, still see each other through the Zoom functionality, and then really you know, be able to deliver that content and have those important conversations that still need to be happening. And this has been a cross-collaboration, not just with Moses, but you guys partnered with quite a few other organizations to make this possible. 
We did. When we started asking these questions during the summer, you know, what's going to be possible? What's the smart thing to do here? I, we knew that all the other organizations we work with and, and all of our partners in the, in the entire region were asking the same questions about their events. And we knew that this was a tough time for all kinds of businesses and certainly a tough time for nonprofits as well. And so we, we reached out to O'Grain and to the Fair Share CSA Coalition, who hosts the Organic Vegetable Production Conference every year, and Grassworks, uh, and the Iowa Organic Association. And we asked them all, you know, what are your plans for your event, and would you be interested in in essentially combining all five of our events into into one conference? And they were very responsive. We're grateful for that because they all bring a lot of expertise in terms of the, the content. We essentially... Uh, shared those responsibilities in developing the content, and everybody kind of worked in their particular wheelhouse, their area of expertise, and I and I think that that's reflected in the quality of the content that we have this year. We're excited to have have them all be a part of it, and it was all in an effort that we could come out of this pandemic stronger, and all of us be strong enough to continue to do the work that we need to do, both as farmers and and as advocates. It's just that whole idea of stronger together. So that's really what was motivating that. As someone who's attended the conference before, I know personally I would rather be there in person meeting the people and seeing the people, but I would have to imagine too that having this virtual platform could be a way for people who could never get off the farm before, whose maybe travel plans just never worked out because of the winter months, can now experience it even if it's through a computer screen. And we knew that going in, and we've done everything we can to sort of capitalize on that opportunity. Our event draws from all over the country, but it's it's predominantly the upper Midwest. There are a lot of producers on the east and west coast that have never been able to join us because they can't get on a plane and come to La Crosse in February. And then there's a, a lot of producers that are just already starting to, to get busy. You know, they're they're starting seedlings. They're in the greenhouse. They're they're working already the end of February. So. Whatever their situation is, it just doesn't allow for them to, to spend, you know, three or four days with us in lacrosse. It is an opportunity to reach new audiences and deliver this content in a completely different way. Everybody is super excited to be back in lacrosse in 2022 and take advantage of the newly completed lacrosse center expansion and really have our event grow into that new space. We're really hoping that this is the last event we have to do like this because it's challenging. It's challenging from a planning standpoint. It's, it's challenging from a delivery standpoint. It doesn't satisfy that social component of you know our event and, and the need for people to gather like that. We've all worked really, really hard. We're proud of the content we're delivering. We're excited to be seeing people's faces, even if it is through a Zoom room. But again, we're already looking forward to 2022 and how we can be back in lacrosse and see all the people we look forward to seeing every year. And I'm sure the citizens of lacrosse and business owners, whether or not they've even stepped foot inside that conference center, are grateful for when the conference does come around. And they, too, are excited for 2022 when they can serve those conference attendees. Have you ever spoke with the city of La Crosse or any officials here to see what kind of impact that is when we're talking about the economics, the hotel room stays, things like that for the city? We talk to them all the time, the the folks at the the CVB, at the Visitors Bureau. Everybody in La Crosse who has any capacity to make things easier for us and for our attendees have have done that. It's a huge part of why our conference is in La Crosse every single year and will continue to be. It's, It's because of that support that we get. I don't know what the overall dollar impact is. I know that that's a really hard thing to really accurately measure. But I can say that for, you know, the four days uh, over our conference, four or five day window there, all of those hotels surrounding the lacrosse center are full and they're full with our attendees. 
we're putting people in those restaurants and in those bars up and down those streets as well. That is a big part of that community building too. There are places in, in downtown La Crosse that our attendees look forward to visiting every year and it becomes a regular thing. I've got a few of my favorites <laughs> up and down Pearl Street there too that you know I like a lot and look forward to being there every year. And those conversations, they roll out of the La Crosse Center and into those bars and restaurants and continue there. So oftentimes, a lot of the important work that happens happens in those settings. I think it's probably a lot like working in Washington and all the real lobbying work happens in the hallways after the, after the <laughs> meetings. I think it's a similar situation. Even within walking distance of the Lacrosse Center, last year I attended a workshop from the Lacrosse Distilling Company, and there is a business where you could walk in, grab something to eat, and they were one of the presenters talking about their business relationship with farmers and how it's helped their industry grow and the community grow. And so, like you said, it's neat when you can see that true impact that's happening with a local business and meet the people behind it. I was communicating earlier today with, with Chad from Lacrosse Distilling Company, and they have become an important partner in our efforts there in Lacrosse, and they're playing a role in our virtual event this year. They're helping us with our, we're doing a, some entertainment and like a cocktail hour on the Friday night of our conference with some demonstrations, and they're kind of walking us through a tutorial of building some of their signature cocktails. We were happy to have them play that role. We're doing everything we can to expand those kinds of relationships. And, you know, that's just one example of friends we have in Lacrosse at this point. Another Another one that's been a part of all the work that we've done as an organization, and particularly our conference and the ability to feed 3,000 people eight meals over those, those three days of our conference, is Organic Valley. And they're headquartered not, you know, not far from Lacoste. They're an important employer and cooperative in the Driftless region there, but they are critically important to our efforts as an organization and our ability to host an event like that. There's so many to point out, but another one is obviously People's Food Co-op. They help us every year with our menus and with catering services and all kinds of things for our for our actual in-person event but this year they're doing something extra special i uh, i reached out to to the folks there about the possibility of uh, creating a food drive this year as we, we wanted to do something because we we know you know everybody's suffering this year i mean there's just an unprecedented need it's straight across the board i mean it, Restaurants and bars and businesses like that are suffering, but there there are lots of people who have actually you know reached the point of food insecurity, and it's an un, at an unprecedented level. And we thought if there was anything we could do this year, let's let's try to redirect some of that food support that we normally get for our conference, and direct that to where it's maybe most needed in that community right now. So. We've partnered with People's Food Co-op and the Hunger Task Force and Wafer Food Pantry in La Crosse to generate and put as much food on their shelves as we possibly can. So People's Food Co-op, they were incredibly generous when we reached out to them. They put together the drive that's happening in both their stores right now in La Crosse and Rochester where all their shoppers, their members, anybody who, who, who visits the store has the opportunity when they're checking out to purchase a $10 bag of groceries. And the co-op is going to be working directly with the food pantry to determine how to best utilize that support. And then the co-op even more graciously uh, offered to match uh, all of the support that their shoppers show during this effort. So we're really hoping that between those two stores and between our regular food donors who we've We've asked and directed that support that they normally give us directly to to those two organizations in La Crosse. With all of that happening, that it, it can have some impact. Do you know when that food drive or when that event is going to close if people are interested in helping? 
it started on the 16th and it's going through the 28th of February here, so um, at the end of the month. And again, they can stop in any time to either location and be a part of it. And if, they, if they're not in the lacrosse area and they can't visit People's Food, they can go to our website and there's a donate page there and we can direct them to all the ways they can help in lacrosse and in Rochester and in the Twin Cities area. We have no idea where folks are joining us from, but if we can direct some of that support throughout our region right now, that's, that's a good thing. Once again, that's Thomas Manley. He's a partnership director for the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, commonly known as MOSES, giving us an update on how they are continuing to have community involvement, even without an in-person conference this year. And that virtual conference, Growing Together, is taking place right now. Even if you've missed some of the webinars and workshops, you can still sign on to receive that content. And it's good for 90 days after the conference ends on the 27th. I'll Share all that information at MidwestFarmReport.com. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Kate and Riley. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. Stay tuned as we'll be right back. Johnson Tractor from Land to Lawn. Registration for Johnson Tractor's Planter Clinic is going on now. This clinic is catered to your situation based on your Case IH or Kimsey planner. Take classes on your own time and have access in the field once planning starts. Complete your class by March 31st and earn a reward on your next parts purchase. Look for the registration link at johnsontractor.com. Johnson Tractor from Land to Lawn. Your water heater works year-round to give you warm showers, clean dishes, and other comforts. Is it time for a replacement or an upgrade? Contact Dave Jones, Inc., your trusted service partners. Vote a 2020 Best in Madison and Best in Monona. Give them a call for any plumbing, heating and cooling, fire protection, and electrical for your home or business. Call or text Dave Jones for service or a quote today. Dave Jones. DaveJonesInc.com. Take a chill pill. Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. Do you battle stress, anxiety, or depression? You need to know about our top-selling product, Chill Pill. Chill Pill is a natural supplement with a simple herbal blend that works. Infused with magnolia bark to reduce cortisol for stress relief, L-theanine to calm the mind from anxious thoughts, and the amino acid 5-HTP to balance your serotonin levels and uplift the mood. Has anyone ever told you that you need to take a chill pill? Well, now you can for less than a dollar a day. After everything that we have all gone through this last year, we all need a chill pill. Talk to our wellness consultants today to see if chill pill is right for you. Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup. Or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County. Free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Here we go, and another day where pitching pens is a possibility for sure. This weather is still looking incredible for this part of February. Hopefully we're not going to pay for it with a lion start to March. Let's find out. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. So yeah, again, another beautiful day where we can kind of get back to thinking about more outdoor activities. And honestly, with the exception of maybe the, the sunshine, looks like it's going to be pretty good right through Sunday. 
chances of precipitation, I have to say it that way, not just snow. I mean, some patchy freezing drizzle, that kind of thing could become something here as we look toward Friday night, but I don't expect that to be a major event, but a pretty fair day with some sunshine in store and those temperatures absolutely on the above normal side. Keep in mind, though, here toward the end of the month, the normal high is already about 35 degrees. Well, that's not bad. That does allow for that snowpack to compress a bit almost every day. And it helps to uh, break up those icy patches and, and where the ice is built up around the buildings. We can benefit from a little more of a mild temperature pattern like it is right now. But a weak disturbance does edge in. And like I've said, uh, toward Friday night, that little mix of precipitation, a possibility, not going to amount to much. You know, just a maybe a new little dusting of snow almost anywhere. Could be a little freezing precipitation in there. So keep in mind, could be a little bit slippery. Otherwise, very mild as we make our way on towards Saturday. And it's around Sunday that, again, there could be just some very light snow or a little bit of a rain-snow mix, especially in eastern Wisconsin. That little mix could be around, but just a small chance Sunday and otherwise pretty mild right on to next week. Looks like things do dry out, although any precipitation we see this weekend, both Friday and Sunday, should stay on the very, very light side. So there's good news. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All right, plenty of solar out there I'm hoping for today, Stu. What does that forecast look like? Yeah, looks that way to me. Mostly sunny skies, a very fine day in the upper 30s, just a couple of degrees above normal, but that'll be great. And the west winds be around 5 to 10. Partly cloudy overnight, back down toward the upper teens, but that's normal as well. Upper teens are normal nighttime lows. Southwest winds will be around 5. Could be a little hit-or-miss fog tomorrow morning, and I expect more of a partly sunny Friday. Very nice, just in the low 40s, 41, 42 degrees, a lot of places. South winds will be around 5 to 15, and as I said, Friday night, maybe some very light rain or snow, freezing rain, and there's a slight chance of a little freezing rain or some snowflakes early Saturday. It becomes mostly sunny Saturday, and we hold on at 44 with the southwest wind at 5 to 10. And I expect even Sunday, Pam, still around 40 could be that little snow to start us into the day as well. But that's about the worst that we have to talk about for weather right into next week. Like you said, though, then then we start transitioning into March. And I always think about ice and nastiness in March, always around the basketball tournaments, right? Well, yeah, that's the forecast. I rubber stamped that one a couple of years ago. Yeah, there's a few folks that apparently are on that rubber stamp. Very good. All right, well, we're going <laughs> to we're going to enjoy it while we got it. Thanks, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow.
You bet. Have a great day. Oh, we will. Stumach Ag Meteorologist with the weather details you're looking for and looking forward to, as a matter of fact. You still want to be a little careful out there, though. Uh, some of that snow that remains, because of the moisture that's now in it, it gets kind of a slick surface to it. I noticed it yesterday, throwing uh, the Frisbee for the Sheltie dogs, the old farm babe, was making moves that uh, her body doesn't want to make anymore. So there are still some slick surfaces out there that you're going to want to be mindful of, but do get a chance to get out there and get some Fresh air, finally, mask or unmask. This is the kind of weather we can enjoy. More coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Raising your own poultry can be great fun for the entire family. And now's the perfect time to get started or add a few more to your flock. Because Chick Days are going on now at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Right now, when Rewards members purchase a 50-pound bag of AgriMaster Starter Grower Poultry Feed or a 40-pound bag of NatureWise Chick Starter, they get a free 4-ounce bag of Merrick's Poultry Electrolyte. Stock up on Guardian Premium Pine Shavings Bedding. Ideal for all kinds of critters. On sale, $4.99. Rewards members pay $4.75. And for new chick owners, check out a Farm Innovators Baby Chick Starter Home. Includes feeder, waterer, and lamp, just $19.99. For those of you with more established chickens, pick up Happy Hen Treats 15-count nesting pads on sale $12.99. And give your feathered friends a comfy place to stay. Assorted chicken coops now 10% off. Plus, mark your calendars. Spring chicks will be in our stores starting February 26th. Go to farmandfleet.com for all the details. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select John Deere equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger. Just like you could by giving a pint of blood. The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you. Whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Attorney John Rihala. Car crashes happen in an instant. A distracted driver crosses the center line into your lane, or road construction makes everyone stop except for the truck in your rearview mirror. 
Life changes in that moment, and now the world feels very different. We can help you. At Clifford & Rihala, our experienced attorneys know that someone badly injured in a crash can feel confused and even overwhelmed by everything that follows. Doctor's appointments, bills, missed work, and maybe an insurance company calling and pressuring you to settle right now before you even know what your injuries are. Call us. Clifford & Rihala is ready to help you, and we won't stop fighting until we reach your maximum recovery. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle-building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Stroh, speaking of keeping the kids busy, man, uh, you guys were busy over the weekend, a little split with Notre Dame. Let's start with that Friday night. How was it, uh, how was it to snipe your way to a come-from-behind victory to beat the Fighting Irish? Well, you know, there was uh, there was some moments there where you're just trying to not panic and, and, you know, staying with the plan and the program. And as long as there was time on the clock, which there was uh, in our favor to, to come back and push back, uh, showed a lot of resilience, you know, and we need to have that as uh, we gear up toward the playoffs. Uh, learning lessons definitely uh, throughout the weekend. So, Strobies, when you got guys sniping like that, is that, okay? How much is that practice, and how much is that like luck? I'm, I'm, because I'm, my God, those those snipes were incredible. How, how much yeah, practice, practice goes into the sniping those? You know? now, we that? we have some guys that have a lot of talent for sure, and uh, they can put the puck in the net. But we we have been really breaking some things down in our in our structured practices where we are working on more reps of. Um, individual skill development so so plays at the net a lot of shooting a lot of pucks off skates to the uh forehand and ripping a puck a lot of quick releases um a lot of changing our angle of the shot so we we do work on it but man in the end you got to give the uh the kids and the players and the student athletes yeah no doubt strobes you still there barry you there yeah strobes you still there Richter, you we still there, brother? Oh, we lost I'm the Strobies? I'm here. Hey, Barry. Hey, Barry, let me ask you, brother, as a defenseman, <laughs> when you got some guy sniping like that, I mean, wh- when it comes to the snipes, are you trying to throw your body in that, or is it so fast you don't even see it coming? Just trying to get a little closer, a little tighter, tighter gap on them, stick on stick, and just making sure that, uh, you know, those kinds of players that have those quick plays that can, that can get it off, you, just, you have to try to really tight on them. You know, that's the only other way. If you're in between where you're just like sort of hesitation, you're not close, you're not uh, being aggressive, then they're just going to tear you apart. 
Yeah, so Barry, I'm working on strobes right now. I'm going to have strobes call into the other number. I'll lock, I'll lock you in, then I'll lock strobes in, and then we'll get the gruesome twosome back in full effect here. So, Barry, when you see um, you know, the nice little come-from-behind victory like this for uh, the Badger hockey team, but then that 5-5 to tie uh, Saturday at the Laban Arena, because the Badgers gave up, wow, a lot of goals in the third period. Is that, is that demoralizing, or is that just, hey, that's just how you work? Like What, what goes through the head as a player as you let uh, a bunch of goals come in like that? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, even though Notre Dame has a, a record that look great on, yeah. on paper and everything, they're a pretty good team. I watched both games pretty uh, pretty closely, and, that, and they had a really, really good team. They came out hard. They had a lot of fight. Um, I think the one thing that uh, and Coach Strobel can talk about is just, uh, you know, we just got to eliminate the, the, the odd man rushes, and they, they had a lot of, you know, several goals on just the zone rush, you know, and, the, and when that happens, you got to, you're giving up two on ones or three on twos, or you're not maybe grabbing sticks in front of the net on the rushes itself, and that's what sort of hurt the Badgers. And you know, I think it's uh, yeah, it was tough. It was tough pill to swallow for them when you're leading three one. You're heading into the third period, but I tell you what, Notre Dame did not uh, did not stop uh, coming at them, and uh, they're a lot better team than what, like I said, what their record indicates. Yeah, Strobes, I think it's Strobes. Is that you on the line? Yeah, I got you back. My I man, my man, we got you locked in the gruesome deucing, but you can't stop us from dominating the airwaves, Strobies. <laughs> Come on, brother. All right, Strobes, I was asking Barry, you know, you guys up 3-1 to one on Sunday. We got to talk about it a little bit. Up 3-1 to one on Sunday, uh, and then going into the – or sorry, Saturday, excuse me, and then going into the third period, Notre Dame got a flurry of goals. What was that like as a coach for you watching that kind of them come back? And, and then you guys obviously got the tie of 28 seconds left with Bice, but what was that like watching uh, Notre Dame just kind of open up the floodgates a bit? Well, not not very pleased. I mean, <laughs> the only way you let a team like that back in is if you if you give them opportunities, and and we did that. Uh, we turned some pucks over. Uh, we got stuck on the wall a few times, um, you know, defensively, and then you know some some pucks popped to their advantage, which they created. And, and Barry's exactly right. That's a team that's not going to stop. They're very well coached. They're very disciplined. Their work ethic is second to none. And you know, you may outskill them a little bit or or I'll talent them, but but they're going to work as hard as anybody in the Big Ten or in college hockey. So we gave them their opportunities. They capitalized on them. Um, I think it was a really good lesson learned for for us. And uh, you hate to say that, you know, it's better that it happened now uh, than in the playoffs because then your season could be over. So you have to learn from it. You have to use it as a teaching tool. And when you do have a three to one lead, you have to continue to play. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Going to start seeing more tractors out on the road these days, especially if this weather holds. Sunshine today, 40 degrees. Sunshine tomorrow, 40 degrees. Partly cloudy on Saturday, 46. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So today is the 25th day of February. On this day back in 1964, Muhammad Ali became the world heavyweight champion. He was still using his name Cassius Clay at the time and ended up being one of the best heavyweight boxers we've ever seen. But he won his World Heavyweight Championship on this day in 1964. On this day in 1940, the very first televised hockey game took place. 1940, it was a game, the Rangers versus the Canadians. And speaking of sports, on this day in 1991, Bruce McNall, Wayne Gretzky, and John Candy bought the Canadian Football League's 
Toronto Argonauts. Well, and now you know. Well, we want you to know that Matt Trannell with Commodity Risk Management Group in Platteville, now known as Ever Ag, is going to be joining us in just a moment. You know, farmers are always trying to pay attention at what programs, what opportunities are out there for them. Josh Scramlin joins us this morning to draw attention to QLA, Quality Loss Assistance Program, that's being administered through your county farm service agency office. If you've never looked at it before, this conversation might make you take a second look. Josh? There's so many different safety net programs out there, and they all have different acronyms that it's tough to keep all of them straight. And what's even more difficult is to remember when each deadline is, because it's always changing. So just to catch you up to speed, the deadline for the Quality Lost Adjustment Program, otherwise known as QLA, is March 5th. So it will be here before you know it. But what exactly is QLA and you qualify for it? Josh Camps is an extension agent in Lafayette County. And Josh, for somebody that maybe has never heard of QLA before, how would you explain it? All right, good good question, Josh. So QLA is a FSA program, and it's really focused on quality loss to forage crops, so corn silage, haylage, uh, small grain silage, any dry baled hay, or non-forage crops. So I refer to that as grain, uh, corn, soybeans, wheat, barley, etc., and uh, high, high moisture grain crops will also qualify. So it's the it's the quality loss of those crops. It's it's not the yield. Uh, it's not uh, any loss that that happened to those crops once they were harvested. It's the quality that those crops lost while in the field uh, due to a disaster event. So there's been some presidential and secretarial disaster counties in the state of Wisconsin, uh, but a lot of counties still experience excessive moisture regardless of having a declaration. So that's really the one disaster area that we're focusing on when we're putting some resources together uh, is to help farmers identify, you know, was that excessive moisture a huge quality loss to to either my forage or my non-forage crop? A natural disaster could be an insane amount of rain. And in Wisconsin, we get that oftentimes. Correct. Definitely. Yeah. And I was looking up some weather models uh, here preparing for another another meeting this morning, and uh, it, it was really easy to find the whole state of Wisconsin at 125% uh, the average rainfall for 2018 and 2019, and you can zoom in by county, and we were still 120 to 125%, uh, you know, in every county in the state. So what is the actual protection that is offered uh, through, you're with Extension, but I know you guys are working with FSA to kind of get this all handled. So what is the actual coverage that is offered to producers? Okay, so they need to have documented quality loss. And and let me define that just a little bit more. So for forage crops, like we mentioned, corn silage, haylage, um, baled hay, etc., the nutritional uh, value that's being looked at is TDN and then milk. So some some forage tests just have a simple TDN, and some of them have the UW uh, milk equation built into it. So it's total digestible nutrients. And the 2018 or 2019 crop, if you have that documented forage nutritional value, uh, that that's the starting point. And then you also need the the quantity, the the, the tons of forage that was affected, so that that had that nutritional value. And then we're looking back three, year, three years back. So for instance, 2018, um, we're going to need nutritional value from 2015, 16, and 17. 
and that's the comparison years to see whether 18 and 19 had a 5% nutritional loss. And just real quickly on the grain side, we don't have that historical quality, but it's quality loss for 2018 and 2019. Not based off of moisture, which 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 was a big one. The, mo- the moisture in the grain, there were uh, large discounts as grain was coming to market. But it's more of those uh, smaller quality factors. So test weight, uh, broken kernels, foreign material, any uh, any to- toxins, mycotoxins, especially when we're talking maybe small grains. Anything on that grain settlement sheet that that showed a discount to your to your uh, revenue to your to your check would 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 qualify the for for the program besides that moisture com- component. Okay, all right, and then I guess some of the most important info. What is the deadline to sign up, and how can people get signed up? Yeah, good. So March fifth is a deadline, so it, it's coming quickly. And like all FSA programs, uh, really are directing people back to their county office. Uh, We'll have some information available too within an extension. If you know, if you have a good relationship with your extension educator and you just want a little more help, you know, do you even qualify? Um, that would be a legitimate call first. Uh, but that's that's how you go ahead and get started. There, there's forms online at fsa.gov, and so they can be filled out and uh, just kind of step through the process and see see whether you qualify or, or not. That is Josh Camps. He is an extension agent in Lafayette County. And the deadline for QLA, the Quality Loss Adjustment Program, is March 5th. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $197 million back in patronage. Learn more at compure.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. Matt Trennell with Commodity Risk Management Group out of Platteville, now known as EverAg, joining us here in just a moment. What's going to be coming our way in 2021 as far as agriculture and consumer buying patterns? Good question, and one that analysts from the CME Group have taken a look at. They say last year was unprecedented, but they also say 2021 is going to be different than last year. They think the global economy will pick up steam, but it probably won't go back to pre-COVID-19 norms. Certain trends, they say, are accelerating, new policies are coming in, and that means markets are going to have a lot to think about. Eric Norland is the executive director and senior economist with the CME Group. China's having this sort of bifurcated economic recovery that we're seeing all over the world, which is that their service economy has been relatively slow to rebound, but it is rebounding. But their manufacturing sector was extremely fast to rebound. Even by the month of May last year, it was showing already growth rates of 8 to 9% year on year. And that was enormously supportive of industrial metals. It was also enormously supportive of agricultural goods prices. And we've seen soaring prices for many agricultural goods, including soybeans, corn, and wheat. But especially soybeans, soybean oil, and corn in particular. Eric Norlin, again, he is the executive director and senior economist with the CME Group. You know, that is one aspect that the markets are paying attention to, how quickly China can kind of rebuild its production strains. But what about things like weather? That's always been a factor in the marketplace. Blau Putnam is the group's chief economist, and he says weather is another element we've got to keep an eye on. 
thing. We have a La Nina, a strong La Nina, and that's cooler than usual waters in the Pacific equator. You think about cooler water, but they really impact winds in the upper atmosphere. If you think, wondering why it's been so cold in uh, Europe and it's now a cold wave in North America, the La Nina has actually destabilized the Arctic air and allow it to come down south a little more often than it might otherwise would. Blue Putnam is the chief economist with the CME Group down in Chicago. Like he said, hurricanes have been something else that they've been watching over the past couple of years, and they still believe that there's going to be a strong La Nina presence in 2021. Lots of things to consider, many of which we'll talk about with Matt Trennell in just a moment. First, let's get you up to speed on what's happening as far as the markets are concerned. In overnight electronic trade this morning, man, our uh, markets remain robust. Uh, corn market's a little quieter, up only two cents on the December contract at four seventy eight. But November soybeans are up thirteen cents, currently at twelve fifty one. July wheat that's down two and a half, six sixty eight a bushel. Yesterday barrel cheese was unchanged at a dollar thirty eight and a quarter. Forty pound block cheese was up two at one fifty nine. Double A butter down two and a quarter at one forty six and a half. The fluid milk for March is up two cents right now at sixteen oh five hundred weight. April closed. 20 cents higher at 1665 a hundredweight. So what is going on as far as uh, our markets are concerned? Well, can't think of a better fellow to start our day off with comments and uh, insights than Matt Trennell from Commodity Risk Management Group in Platteville, now known as Ever Ag. He joins us live in a moment. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Who better to taste test your dirt than a worm? (coughs) Tastes like grit. Say what? Grit. I said grit. At Kalani Topsoil, you'll always find the perfect blend. Our soils are mixed specifically for your lawn, garden, or landscape application. You'll love it without having to taste it yourself. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $197 million back in patronage. Learn more at Compure.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. When's the last time you reviewed your motorcycle insurance policy? You should call Prairie Land Insurance. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our Our best best is the very least least we can do. 
Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we've got a lot of information that the market is digesting as they roll into a Thursday trade session, some of it more important than others. Joining us live this morning, Matt Trennell from Commodity Risk Management Group in Platteville, now known as EverAg, to break it down for us. So the market did get a flood of new reports earlier this week, Matt. Uh, let's start off with uh, milk production. Wisconsin C a 3% increase in our milk production, 2.66 billion pounds of milk, and more cows on the line for us, and we weren't alone. Yeah, the the Midwest has been uh, doing its part in expanding the milk production, that's for sure. Uh, Wisconsin, like you said, up 3.1% in the January milk production report. Other states in the Midwest, uh, Minnesota was up 5.7, Michigan 4.3%. Uh, Indiana 5.7, and then a couple other ones of interest. Texas was at uh, 5.3% year-over-year growth. Uh, Idaho was unchanged. And then the big surprise in the milk production report this go-around was actually California. Uh, everybody that we talked to out in California had mentioned that their milk production was higher year-over-year, but uh, USDA came out and said that there was a decline of 7 tenths of a percent. So we're fully expecting to see somewhat of a uh, revision in the next report uh, that kind of centers around California specifically. Uh, but not only was there uh, some interest on, on those particular states, but even the last report that was put out for December, uh, USDA went back and they revised that number and they revised it 90 million pounds lower, six tenths of a percent. And uh, yeah, some other interesting parts of it was uh, the, the milking herd did rise once again. Uh, report to report, we were up another 8,000 cows to 9, 9,450,000, the highest we've seen since 19, the, the mid-1990s. And um, what's kind of interesting is that we added that many cows, but the uh, we only rose uh, production by 1.6% compared to estimates of 2.5. And it seems like a lot of that has to do with uh, rising feed cost and also supply management programs that uh, milk handlers have in place at the moment uh, because the, the weather was not real unfavorable in January. It really turned sour once we got into February. Yeah. Right. And of course, that most notably in Texas, which is a big dairy area. I want to go back to what you said, those supply management uh, uh, curtailments, Matt. What regions are we seeing that in? Are we still seeing some of that influence in Wisconsin? Because I think everybody witnessed going into the pandemic, managing through the pandemic, that some uh, cooperatives, some uh, dairy processors were calling the shots on their own, whether or not guided by federal policy. What, What region seems to have those supply restraints in place still now? You know, honestly, we're we're starting to pick it up across the country, uh, northeast, the Midwest, the West, the Southwest, um, pretty much pretty much anywhere that has not built new capacity. Uh, you're seeing it to a certain extent. Uh, I've seen plenty of letters from uh, milk handlers that have uh, been putting out massive assessments against uh, dairies if they go over their base, anywhere from eight to fifteen dollars under class is the assessment that I've seen. And um, it's pretty much widespread across the United States. And and uh, ultimately, we estimate it's about 40 to 50% of the U.S. milk supply has some type of supply 
management program on it at the moment. Ooh, that's some. Those are some big numbers for sure. Well, that'll that that'll be a mechanism we've got to keep an eye on. Now, uh, we're still seeing robust milk prices, at least on the fluid side, class three this morning. What's driving and inspiring that? Yeah, so a lot of it had had to do with the reports. Uh, they were under under estimates, um, both cold storage and the milk production. So there was some support there. Uh, I, I think a little bit has to do with uh, a couple of other things, though, too. Number one, uh, the trade has been very, very low in volume the last two, three weeks. It's almost been like it's a holiday trade. And I think that's because nobody wants to jump on one side of the trade too early and Part of it has to do with Tom Vilsack being uh, confirmed as Secretary of Ag on Tuesday because now that he's confirmed, it seems like there's a few things that could happen. Number one, he's probably going to roll out the dairy donation program in the very near future. Number two, he's probably going to roll out those CFAT payments that were frozen. And number three, he probably has his own little uh, changes to the overall uh, food box program that we've uh, seen in 2020. So I think there's a few different things that are going on. And I think I think a lot of people are just waiting for the next government announcement regarding uh, some of those pieces that need to be uh, flushed out in the market yet. But we're feeling pretty good about uh, the direction, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in the second half, I mean, you look at you look at the second half and it's got about a 1760 average out there. And uh, you look at you look at the CME uh, spot dairy auction um, just this week, we put in the lowest cheddar block and barrel price that we've seen in nine months. So 1760 milk, but also the lowest uh, cheese prices we've seen in nine months. There's one heck of a carry out there um, compared to what uh, product says milk could be worth. Hmm. So it's 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 uh, it's nice to see out there. Wow. But, yeah, well, I honestly, Matt, I, I wish we had more time this morning because there's obviously a lot of different things we could uh, factor into this. But it's it's very interesting to know what's going on as far as that supply management plan. And as I said before, doesn't matter if the federal government's making you do it or not. It sounds like a lot of our industry leaders have decided that's the path they're going to go. Give me your give me your phone number again, Matt. In those uh, plush new digs that you've got in Platteville, how folks can get a hold of you. <laughs> Yep. So our number is uh, 608-960-4771. All right. Good deal. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Matt Trannell along with us from Commodity Risk Management Group in Platteville, now known as EverAg, the people to turn to if you've got questions on dairy.